Everyone, Talk of the Town is up and running in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, USA. I'm Scott Montesano, and this is where the Chippewa Valley comes to talk. Another day, another week is upon us. Had a great show on Tuesday, and if you haven't checked that one out, make sure you go back and uh, check out Tuesday's edition of Talk of the Town and other great shows on Eau Claire Hometown Media, the Tap Room Takeover, that's becoming very popular. You want to check that one out. We've got an all-new Quick Serve podcast from Toyson. Uh, Dose of Dog is still there. Have a Scoop with Ramones. New episodes coming out of that. Just a great list of things. Baking Goodness with Alexia. Uh, check them all out. We've got a, a full show today. On local topics, because a lot came out on Tuesday. We had the local elections. We had some news break from a local school. In fact, uh, a pair of school districts in the area making news on Tuesday. And that's where we're going to begin today's show. Uh, Actually, the first thing I want to do again is say hello to those of you who are out there, who are watching on Facebook. You're, You're treating the eyes to the sexy goodness that is Scott Montesano. But, of course, a lot of you are tuned in on the podcast and getting the audible chocolate there. Hopefully, also, you're getting a chance to go out and enjoy the weather. My goodness, has this been outstanding. You almost sweated a little bit the last couple of days with the humidity. (laughs) If you're not already planning on it, hey, come on out Saturday Blue Gold Baseball and Blue Gold Softball have home games on Saturday. And while the temperatures will not be nearly as bubble bath warm as they are these last couple of days, it's going to be nearly 60 on Saturday. Uh, You will take that 60 in April. Uh, 60 degrees in April, uh, you want to put ice on your head usually. It feels so warm. So come on out on Saturday. Enjoy that. I'll be there. I'll be at the baseball game on Saturday doing the PA announcing. But this is where I want to begin today's show, and that is this. I told you so. I was right. I was so right. I hit it right, bullseye right. I predicted 10, and it came up 10. I picked the superfecta, if you want to use a racing term. The daily double, I hit that. I was right on. Eau Claire schools, the Eau Claire Area School District, will in fact bring middle and high schoolers back to all in-person starting at the end of the month. Middle schoolers the last week of April, and then the high schoolers the first week of May. And that will then have... The school system, K through 12, will all be in person four days a week. Wednesday will remain a deep, clean day. They're calling it a virtual day, but I know my kids aren't doing any work on Wednesdays. There's no work given to them. Uh, But it's going to be a deep, clean day for the school. And and, and we can then really go down into the weeds now and get off track in that they're saying now the, the surfaces don't necessarily have to be cleaned as much, the CDC saying that, but... We can save that argument for another day. That's a distracting argument. That's a dog whistle, if you want to get into that. Four days a week for the Oak Area schools, all of them. 
That'll join the elementary schools that went to that starting this week. And it's exactly what I told you would happen for weeks. I got emails from a lot of you. I had people tell me when I was in meetings with them that I wasn't right. Remember, about a month ago, the school board came out, made the decision to put all of the elementary kids in starting this week, four days. Kindergarten and first graders were already doing it, and then the rest of the classes were going to come. Great. I said, that's great. Hey, it'd be better to have them all, but this is good. Step-ladder approach to everything. Step-ladder approach. In the years since, he's turned out to be a complete scumbag. But Andrew Cuomo, the governor of New York, said it perfectly. Remember, bad people can say good things and good people can do bad things. He said a perfect thing last year, that the, the whole turning of the valve thing. Some people jump all the way in, but the best thing to do is slowly put things back because then you can pull back if you have to easier and then you can add again. So the school district decided a month ago, we're going to put the elementary school kids in. And at the time I told all of you, a lot of people were in uproar. Why not all the kids? Why not all the kids? And I said, it'd be great to have all the kids. But let's start off small. That was the decision that was in front of the school board. They didn't say no to the older kids. They were just making a decision on the younger kids. Let's get the younger kids started, and I guarantee you, I kept telling all of you, I guarantee you they're already making plans for how they're going to then get the older kids in because sacrifices would have to be made. Namely, you could not have the same amount of social distancing and the fact the CDC's come out and kind of said you can sort of askew the three-foot distancing for schools. It's not something you want to do, but you can do that. More vaccines a month ago. We didn't know if the vaccines were going to be in teachers as quickly. It really, The dam burst in the middle of March. The dam burst. People are getting vaccines. I mean, they, they, you're walking down the street and somebody can give you a shot at this point. And we're, we're, we're really getting to that. <laughs> That's not being an exaggeration at this point. I told you, the older kids were likely going to come back. And sure enough, they're coming back. Final month of the school year. Hey, it's not as good as if they were in school all the days since September. But it's good to end on a high note. It's great to end on a high note. And now this will make it easier to go five days a week starting next September. Instead of just four days a week. Most of you didn't want to believe me. You didn't trust the school. You kept saying, well, you know, they're, they're not going to put the older kids in and X, you know, A, B, C, D. No, Scott, you're wrong. Why are you so optimistic? All along, I thought they were going to bring the older kids back in. And it's right on the timeline that I told you all. End of April, early May. This being said, the fact that now the kids can go back in, the older kids, and the school's making... I mean, sort of a case-by-case basis if somebody doesn't want to put their kids in four days a week because social distancing will not be possible. And you may see a few more opt-outs than you had with, say, the elementary schools. They're going on a case-by-case basis because every kid's class is different. They'll figure that out. 
But even though they made this decision, a decision that is very popular to put the kids back in the classroom, most of you will still want to complain. Most of you will still want to complain. You're not going to say, good job, Michael Johnson. You're not going to say, good job, school board. You're not going to say, good job, administrators. No, because complaining is as comfortable as sitting in a broken recliner. And instead of you thanking them for making the decision, you'll instead bitch and moan about the fact they didn't do it a month ago. Which is part of the problem with our society. Not our new society, not the society we've had recently, but society as a whole for many, many decades. I do, though, if you haven't already listened to Tuesday's episode, all that I've said is a mute point if you don't listen back to Tuesday's episode. The rising school-age cases in Massachusetts and Minnesota a cautionary tale, not necessarily a cautionary tale that mistakes were made, but, and you're already seeing it in Michigan, where some, some school districts are reverting back to virtual, you have to be willing and open to the fact that it is a two-way door still. If cases all of a sudden start to skyrocket, which we don't want to have, and you get some more hospitalizations be open to the fact you may still have to pull back a little bit. We're not done with this yet. No matter how, no matter what your uncle or your aunt or any of you who want to go watch OAN or any other news outlet like that, or to all of you out there that think you're free thinkers because you've, you'll, you'll go through 10 sources that tell you news you don't want, but you find the one person that agrees with you and automatically that one person, that one scientist that's going rogue, must be the right one because, you know, they're, they're going rogue. Could talk about that all I want. Remember, this isn't about winning. It's about trying to be right. And a lot of these groups and these school districts are trying to be right. Kudos to the Oak Ridge Area School District. Now, that being said, Altoona, they also increased... This week, with the older kids, and uh, all the news outlets covered this, which I'm a, a, a little bit of a head scratch because it wasn't that big of a protest, judging by the photos, but uh, they got the media coverage. Saw a few students, a handful of students, maybe a dozen or so, and it may have been a few more, definitely wasn't hundreds, looking at the videos. But so a few students in Altoona conducted a walkout. Some, se- some uh, senior high school students conducted a walkout. Good. They, they, they voiced their opinion, their complaints about something in a well-organized protest yesterday. Their reason for walking out was because Altoona has increased the amount of in-person days for the older kids. And... Not everybody is on board with going more. There are people that do not want to go more. And we mentioned it about a month ago when Altoona made the decision to go. There was, and we'll get to this in a moment, there was that survey they had sent out. And the survey came back with slightly more people wanting to keep it the same than people that wanted to increase. It was right at the same time Old Claire was making its decision. So it sort of got buried, and it kind of flew in the face of what you were hearing nationally. 
where a lot of people wanted to increase in person. And here was Altoona, where it was, I think it was 52 or 53% in this survey said they didn't want to go back. Couple things on that. One, what it tells you this is that it was right down the middle. It was right down the middle. So you, when you get 53% of anything and it's a non-binding decision, as a board, you've got to make a calculated decision there because it's not some huge majority. But two, well, we'll get to two in a second on that survey. But clearly it was not, you know, you, you have to understand there are people, even with Eau Claire, that will not be happy that you're going in person all the time. With the students conducting their walkout in Altoona yesterday, they were complaining, voicing their displeasure with the decision to increase the amount of in-person schooling for the older kids. For various reasons, they, they don't feel safe, they don't think there's enough say, uh, social distancing, why, why make the change this late in the school year, the, re- the other way was going fine, all of that. I agree with the students in that the decision in Altoona to go in person was made awkwardly. It was an awkward decision. It was kind of buried. There wasn't a lot of talk on social media about it. The media didn't really cover it all that much because there was a lot of talk about Eau Claire at the time. It was just sort of awkward. You had the majority of that survey opposed it, pretty much 50-50 though, so it wasn't as though you had a lot of people saying, yeah, 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 let's do it. But what makes it also awkward is this. The board heard rumors, heard rumors that voting, that the voting in this survey wasn't accurate, that some people stuffed the ballot box to oppose in-person education. That's what they heard. Now, it seems fishy in a couple of different ways. Was there really a skewed vote? Argument could say, you know, there's evidence that says that. At the same time, though, it seems fishy to the board just sort of threw out the the vote and made their decision. Why wouldn't you have more of a discussion with the community then? Why wouldn't you have more of a discussion? Because it does reap of, does reek of, well, the vote didn't go your way. The survey didn't go your way. So we'll just kind of crumple it up and pretend it didn't exist. That makes it awkward. And it leads to more things like you have with that walkout with the students. They probably should have had a little bit more of a conversation in Altoona. Because on one side, maybe the survey was accurate. At a minimum, you clearly had a lot of people that did not want to go in person. You should have had more of a discussion if I was Altoona. Ultimately, I think they made the right call. You've got to get the kids back in the school. But it was an awkward way they went about it. But with the students in Altoona, they said the same thing I've complained about numerous times. You guys have all heard me say this. Nearly all of them gave the same quote. And this is the piece of advice I'd give to those students. They went out, they voiced their complaint yesterday with a walkout. Fine. Good. 
But just because, and they all said the same thing yesterday, and I wanted to, I wanted to, ugh. Just because a decision doesn't go your way, and this is, a, this is something for you as you become older. Just because a decision doesn't go your way does not mean they didn't listen to you. Let me say that louder for those in the back. Just because a decision doesn't go your way does not mean the decision maker did not listen to you, did not take it in consideration. It's an easy argument some people make. If a decision doesn't go their way, because they can't be wrong, they, they're 100% right, that just means the other person didn't want to listen to them. No, the person listened to you and decided against it. It's going to happen. It's going to happen in business. It's going to happen in relationships. It's going to happen in, the, in this. It's going to happen. Doesn't mean they didn't listen to you. They didn't agree with you. Now, you can protest. You can make your case. But stop saying people didn't listen. Adults keep doing that. When, when decisions are made for zonings and all of that, they're not listening to me. They're listening to you. They just don't agree with you. You've got to change your message and win people over. Otherwise, you're trying to hammer a screw. Think about that. You're just trying to hammer a screw. Change the tool. Get the screwdriver out instead. Ugh. Well, when we come back here in a moment, local races from yesterday. We know what's going on in Chippewa Falls with the single garbage hauler debate. We'll touch on that. And we had blowouts. Don't, don't let them tell you otherwise. They were blowouts. Out to the back woodshed butt kickings. For the incumbents over the challengers in the Eau Claire City race is not even close. We will tell you what that means for the challengers, all of them making the same tired mistakes. They didn't have a shot yesterday. And we'll tell you why they didn't have a shot yesterday and see if somebody eventually starts to listen to me. Uh, we will do all that in a moment. If you're watching on Facebook, don't forget the full podcast is at the Talk of the Town page on echometownradio.com. I'm Jerry Keel. I'm Senior Vice President of Sales and Marketing at Northwestern Bank. Northwestern Bank's a great place to do business with because we've been around for 100 years. We've been doing this for a long time. Not just the bank itself, but our staff has been around for many, many years. Our goal is to deliver the greatest banking experience we can in the Chippewa Valley, and I think we deliver it each and every day. And having that experience helps us get you there. Northwestern Bank, building stronger communities where people matter. Member FDIC. The end of a life is a sad occasion, but listen as our friend Randy with Stokes, Proc and Munt and the Cremation Society tells us about how the end of life services they facilitate serve a role they do not take lightly. But as we celebrate a person's life and even tell funny stories about them, that's a very healing thing. I mean, if you can take a family that's crying, sobbing, and and get them laughing about the person that died. That's very healing. That's a very important thing, you know. I mean, we take our work very, very seriously. 
Randy and the folks at Stokes, Proc, and Munt, along with the Cremation Society, are available to answer any of your questions, including pre-planning your arrangements. Check them out online and on social media. Our friends with Toyson Ford are great supporters of not only Eau Claire Hometown Radio, but a lot of great local things. And we've got Craig here to tell us really what Toyson Motors and Toyson Ford is all about. Toyson Ford is, is much more than a place that sells cars. And obviously that's that's the start of our relationship with a lot of people with selling a car. But uh, when we say our slogan is you'll find a friend, we, we want you to come back and we want to build a relationship that's going to last for years and years and hopefully for the rest of your life and our lives. So when you buy your car, we want you to come back for service and we're going to introduce you to our service department. So when you first come in for your first oil change or service visit, you know the staff already, you feel comfortable and you know what's going to go on. You, you know what to expect. You'll come uh, into our lounge, and we'll fix your car. You can talk to the salesperson if you have any questions about what is on your car that you might have forgotten in the meantime that you purchased it. So you've got lots of opportunities to, to reconnect with our staff and our staff to connect with you that we can make it a, a good ownership experience all throughout owning your car. Hey, want to change gears for a moment and talk about our friends at Mom's Kitchen. They're located up there at the Pinehurst Plaza Shopping Center north side of town, and you know them from being our sponsors of the Gold Star of the Week. Luke and his gang up there, great local restaurant, perfect spot for breakfast, lunch, but don't forget about their dinner as well. They are very, very prideful of the burgers that they put out there. Personally, my favorite is breakfast time there, but do not discount Mom's Kitchen for lunch and dinner. Try their Packer Backer special, by the way. Oh, they love making it, and they love to see their customers enjoy that. Mom's Kitchen up at the Pinehurst Plaza Shopping Center. It takes a lot to run for public office uh, at any level, but especially at the local level, because in many ways, you're running on your own. There is not necessarily a team around you. There, there's friends, there's family. You have a kind of small campaign staff, if you will. But it's not as though you have been handpicked and you've got a whole team around you and you're, you're, you're in many ways the, uh, the face leader of a team behind you. Uh, I'm not necessarily just talking endorsements. Uh, you're really out on your own. And... It's kind of weird. It's the thought of if you walk over a bunch of hot coals, it doesn't hurt as much as if there's one hot coal on your foot. And it's the same thing locally. You, you put yourself out there more locally. Uh, so to, to run for anything, school board, uh, local government offices, uh, there's a respect level you should give to everybody who does put themselves out there. Because they're taking a shot at doing something. And in many ways, they're taking a shot that many of us, myself included, are not willing to put ourselves out there for. They're willing to do a job that does not necessarily pay a lot as far as a stipend goes. And it's full of a lot of complaints more than thanks. And if they lose, well, that's, that's something that goes on their, on their personal history bank, too. So I set that up with this. We had the local races on Tuesday. Now, first off, Chippewa Falls residents, good job out of you. The referendum to 
determining whether Chippewa Falls should go after a single hauler contract for residential or stay with the current, hey, you get to choose your garbage hauler. And Chippewa Falls residents overwhelmingly say, let's keep it the same. We get to individually choose. We want to haul our trash, uh, which is something that is relatively, which, which is actually unique to this area, the fact that people get to choose as opposed to having a single contract that the city government signs much like you have with cable and telephone and other things. Altoona's going to be taking that up soon as well, and hopefully they poo-poo it as well. So good job out of Chippewa Falls. Now, the referendum is non-binding. We'll keep an eye on that because you've had a couple of aldermen up there in Chippewa Falls who, for whatever reason, have really kept pushing for it. This was overwhelming in that people do not want to change. So we'll keep an eye on it. If you start seeing... City leaders up in Chippewa Falls. And remember, the mayor's not on board with making the change. But if you have some of the other aldermen pushing for it still, then the rabbit ears go up as to what's going on. So good job out of Chippewa Falls. Don't fix what's not broken. May this be the last time it's brought up for a few years. I do think it should come up somewhat regularly. Every five years, maybe not, but every ten years, yeah. Because people, you have changes, people come in and out. Of an area. Now, what about Eau Claire? Uh, all three incumbents held their seats on the school board, though it was somewhat close. Kathleen Kivlin, who was the challenger, nearly snuck in there. She was six percentage points behind uh, Markel Johnson. Nobody ran away with it. I think they were all, the three winners all got about 32 to 28 percent of the vote, and she came in with 22 percent. Uh, so it wasn't that uh, wasn't a blowout in that regard. Uh, but Kathleen Kiv- Kivlin gave it a shot. Uh, I think people overall are happy with the school board. Uh, one thing that hurts some of these challengers, and we'll get to this in a moment, some challengers went on the idea of if these elections had been held in November or they'd been held in January, when we were in the, the midst of probably the most depression we were facing, in terms of the, the pandemic and feeling really handcuffed by various decisions, then maybe they could have snuck in. But the fact that people are feeling pretty optimistic now does not help the challengers, especially if they were kind of running on the idea of the way things have been run was not good. But it gets us to the Eau Claire City Council races. All incumbents won the city council races in blowouts, absolute butt kickings. And it tells us this and further validates what I've said. Again, none of the races were close. That includes Emily Anderson throttling Kyle Woodman. And I thought Woodman may have had a shot just judging by all of the yard signs that were out around my neighborhood, but it wasn't even close. Yard signs do not mean anything. Facebook likes mean nothing. Kyle Woodman's got some 19,000 Facebook likes. He's 0 for 2 in running for the city council. He's got visions of a higher of higher office. If I'm Republican scouts, uh, Kyle, thanks for playing, but uh, uh, no. He's 0 for 2 in the city council, and he hasn't come close. He hasn't come close at all. None of the challengers provide none of the challengers had a shot going into Tuesday. 
And let me explain to you why they didn't have a challenge. Now, Kyle Woodman's a little bit different because Kyle Woodman, his big problem was that he had a national ideology that he was focusing on and trying to bring that locally, which people, quite frankly, do not care about at a local level. Talking about the mask mandate, wanting to rail against various things like that, yeah, people talk about it in their homes, people talk about it at work and all of that, but locally, what they want is how are you going to best impact my day-to-day life? Roads, (laughs) transportation, stuff like that. There's a lot of infrastructure talk, if you will. Now, now, some of the ideologies of him do play into that, you know, pro-business and all of that sort of thing, but it wasn't like he was looking at it from a local level on up. He was looking at it from a national level down, and that's not what people want. They want to look at it from a local level up. It's one reason why Andrew Worthman has continued to have people's faith in this area. Because while he is very much tied in with the Democratic Party, you you tend to get a feeling, and more so in the last three, four years, because, you know, yeah, there was those issues about five years ago when when the the the, the city council was really going over its skis on, you know, backing the Paris Climate Accord, which means nothing for the Eau Claire City Council to do. He speaks from a local level on up. He doesn't try to bring national policies from the Democratic Party into the city of Eau Claire. It influences him, but he talks from the ground up. That's what you got to do. If you're going, it's, it's okay to, I think, openly be Republican or, or Democrat. But you got to talk from the ground up, and you've got to be willing to be much more purple than the national ideologies in many ways allow you to be or want you to be. Because locally, it has to be purple. But again, none of the races were close. None of the challengers did these things. This is why the challengers did not have a shot. Remember, if you're a challenger, you've got to give people a reason to not just vote for you, but to not vote for the current person. None of the three people were that were up for re-election that had challenges, Gregor, Worthman, or Anderson, were involved in any type of major conspiracy. None of the three had really upset people. You could disagree with some of the things that they vote for or want, but none of them really upset people. Yeah, people will say what they want about Gregor or Worthman. People really won't say anything about Anderson. That, you know, as I said before, that's kind of one of her downfalls. You really don't know what she's done. She's just kind of been there. But you also don't sit there and go, I have to vote them out. So if you're a challenger coming in, and this is the same for a lot of local races, people at the end of the day sit there and go, okay, how bad have things been? All right, well, my life's kind of good. All right, I'm going to kind of keep it the same way. If you're a challenger coming in, you've got to be very aggressive in giving people a reason to vote for you. Tell people you've got to acknowledge that people are going to like the current person. So what would you keep the same? And then what would you change to make it better? Now all of a sudden the person goes, all right, well, I like all this that's been still going on. And this new person is going to come in, not only keep that, but they're going to add this in. All right. 
None of the challengers did that. All of the challengers fell into the trap of, you could tell, their friends, their allies, all told them, things are, are, are crap in the city of Eau Claire, and we need a new voice, and, 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 they, and they, they, they listened to their echo chamber, and their echo chamber told them that nobody likes the current city council people, and they kind of rested on their laurels, all of them. They weren't aggressive enough. In fall, as far as talking to the local media, they didn't buy advertising. They didn't go out and talk door to door to people. Nobody came to my door. Neither Anderson nor Woodman came to my door. And don't tell me about COVID because people are going door to door. You could have come door to door. You could have knocked on the door, stood 10 feet out and, and, and waved and, and said, hey, I'm running. What do you want? You didn't do that. You have to be very aggressive. Be very visible. Yard signs mean nothing. Nothing. And when reporters call, talk to them. Reach out to them. Beg to talk to reporters. Get that advert. Get that free marketing. Instead, a lot of the a lot of the candidates wanted to wait till there was a questionnaire, and then they were slow to return the questionnaires in some cases. So if you want to run for city council or any local position and you're challenging an incumbent, my piece of advice to you is this. First, always, up until the day of the election, assume you don't have enough votes. That's going to keep you hungry. It's going to keep you hungry. Don't fall for the trap of all your friends are telling you, oh, yes, I'm going to vote for you. And then as you go around and you talk to people, they say, yeah, you know what? I don't like candidate X. You know, you're running against candidates. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll vote for you. Hey, that's great, but don't, don't store that in the back of your mind. Assume you don't have any votes right up until the day of the election and be aggressive and go door to door in your neighborhood and ask people, what do you like? What have you liked? If I took over, what would you want me to keep the same? Stop hitting people over the head with all the stuff you're going to change. Because in a lot of cases, people deep down are happy. I know you look at social media and it sounds like everybody's pissed off. But a lot of people are happy. That doesn't mean they're not open to change. One of the reasons people don't like just talking about change is that change is scary change is change going to take away what i already know i like or is change going to add to what i like so whether you're woodman whether you're shaleve whether you're stanley you should have gone door to door and said hey what do you like from the current person and what can i do to make it better if i came in what can i do to make it better that's a way to go, go about it locally. You have to. Any type of aggressive campaign locally isn't going to get you to win. It's just not. And don't blame other people. Don't blame the demographics of the area. Don't blame media stories that come out. Don't blame circumstances, oh, the weather or whatever, or other, other BS things I've heard in the past of, oh, that kept turn out low or turn out high or whatever. Ask people what they like, and what could you do to make it better? And that's how you'd win a local election. That is how. And you've got to spend some money on advertising. 
I'd put billboards up around. I'd put billboards up in your neighborhood. Don't, don't even spend money on yard signs. Because Kyle Woodman, he won the yard side battle on the south side of town. He dominated Emily Anderson on the yard side battle. And he, he didn't come close. All new show coming up on Friday. Until then, I'm Scott Montesano saying that on behalf of everyone who made this podcast possible, there's a great big beautiful tomorrow shining at the end of every day. Make sure to take advantage of it. And until next time, so long, everybody.